Hello, this is Comeback, this is Connor, this is episode 160. My guest today is Caleb Lee. Caleb is initially from the States and is the corporate fitness manager at UpFit. We're going to talk today about his fitness journey and a little bit more. Caleb, welcome to Comeback. How are you doing today? Hey, wonderful, Connor. Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing great. It's awesome, man. Do you mind telling me before we get into the work you do, a bit about your background. Are you from Ohio? I am indeed from Ohio. Bit of a flyover state. Yeah. Do you mind telling me a bit more about Ohio? Because I've never been and I'm just fascinated. <laughs> you are not fascinated with Ohio. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> uh, Ohio, uh, there's parts of it that are quite nice. Um, it's where like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. And, uh, but uh, the part that I come from is mostly uh, corn and soybeans. Uh, so I come from a town of uh, about 2,000 people. Uh, and uh, yeah, I couldn't, once, once I graduated high school, I couldn't wait to skedaddle. So uh, I got out to uni and then I, I got on my first plane out here. Ohio, uh, uh, it's a nice place though. Very uh, salt of the earth kind of people, you know, really genuine, uh, easygoing, simple, simple folk. Kind of like hobbits. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's quite a nice description. And then when you came out here, uh, we were just chatting before we recorded. Did you go to Taiwan initially in Asia to live? Yeah, I was in Taiwan for two years. Um, I did something similar to kind of uh, what you're doing with your TEFL. Um, and uh, I, I did that. I worked in a cram school for two years. Uh, I met my wife there right when I was about to leave uh, for Vietnam and uh, took her with me. Um, but yeah, and I love Taiwan. Taiwan was a beautiful place to be, really, really friendly. Yeah, I'm trying to think, I've never been. I, the plan was to come to Vietnam and also travel the whole of Asia, but we obviously know what happened six months in, and I got to Bali, <laughs> that's it. Uh, what's Taiwan? You like? got Bali, bro. Yeah, Bali's all right, you know. I mean, if I had to pick one spot to go to in Asia, I would probably be up there, you know, out of the bucket list before I arrived. You ever been? Yeah. No, no, that's been on our list for about two years. But of course, you know, we all know what happened. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm uh, bored yeah. of that. But yeah, you'll be able to get out and about once, once this is all said and done. Yeah, I'm sure. And with that, what's Taiwan like in comparison to Vietnam? I know that might be tricky, but given I have no real knowledge. Oh, no, it's not at all. Yeah, it's, what's it like? It's really simple. It's really cut and dry. It is the exact opposite of Vietnam as far as Asia goes. If you were to compare two Asian countries, they really couldn't be any more different. <laughs> yeah, really. um, but uh, to, to try to put it in a nutshell, um, the, the most striking thing about Taiwan is uh, really the people. They are so, so kind and uh, genuine that uh, your first instinct is to mistrust them. Like, why are you helping so much? What, what's your angle? Right. <laughs> you know, but after you spend a long time there uh, and you get to know the people, well, uh, men, that is really just who they are. Uh, they, uh, their, their culture is just so good and giving. And, um, you know, they're a face-based culture, much like Japan, right? Um, so, uh, they're really, really, uh, really concerned in doing the right thing. It's really nice. Um, but then, you know, it's a small place also. 
So it's really easy to get around. Uh, it's gorgeous. Jungle mountains, black sand beaches. Uh, it's a volcanic island. So, if you know, there's hot springs and stuff like that. It's really, it's a really cool joint. Yeah, sweet. And then how did you end up in Vietnam? What made you decide to move from a place like Taiwan here to the big crazy city of Saigon? <laughs> well, actually, uh, uh, you got to kind of take a step back. Because uh, originally I was, uh, I came out here the first time when I was 18 uh, to, to Ho Chi Minh City. My uncle lives out here and um, he is, uh, you may have heard of California Fitness and Yoga. Have you ever heard of that? I have. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a very large gym. Uh, it's like the first commercial gym of its kind in Asia. My uncle was uh, uh, the dude that uh, wrote the whole personal training program there. Um, he was the celebrity trainer there for a long time. Uh, he's a pretty well-respected dude out here. And uh, he brought me out here when I was 18. And I knew that I wanted to eventually move out here. Uh, but by the time I was out of university, I kind of realized that I didn't want to just come scooting out on into here into my uncle's shadow, right? So yeah. I spent some time in Taiwan first. Um, and then eventually he came and snatched me up and just said, okay, you know, you've, you've had enough. It's time to come work for me now. <laughs> uh, so I came out here, uh, worked for him in California Fitness and was a master trainer there for two years. Uh, and then after some time, we, we moved on and um, we've uh, started our own thing, which is Upfit. Yeah, excellent. And just before we delve into Upfit, and we are going to do that in a bit more detail, do you mind just, sure. how do you find Vietnam as a whole? I mean, Saigon, you know, you've been here, I believe, for nearly five years. What's your overall experience of this wild, beautiful, chaotic, wonderful country? You know, uh, Vietnam is a lot more complex to just kind of succinctly uh, put into a couple sentences, I can say, than Taiwan is. But uh, I can say uh, it's rewarding, it's exciting. Uh, this, is this has to be one of the most dynamic and uh, and hopeful places in the in the world right now, or had been until COVID came and you know smacked us all in the face. Um, but uh, you know, everybody knows about you know the food and and all the hidden nooks and crannies and everything, uh, and and the and the nature and, and everything. The, but the thing that I would say uh, that I love the most is just the atmosphere of growth here. You know, it's. It's like a jungle in that, in that life is just exploding everywhere, you know, yeah, uh, which is what I really, really love about Vietnam. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's my favorite part. The opportunities here, it's, it's almost like I'm living the American dream, you know, in, in Vietnam. Yeah, no, I like that analogy. And going to your fitness journey... When you started working for your uncle, was that the start of your fitness journey or did you have a background prior to that? Oh, well, I mean, I played high school sports and everything like that. Uh, I did a couple years of MMA when I was a young man um, and uh, I wasn't too competitive. I was amateur. Um, and then uh, when I was in university, I hit a nasty, nasty patch of depression. And uh, I really hated all of the medicine and everything that they were giving me. So I, I went to the psychiatrist and I was like, listen, you guys stop pumping me full of stuff. What's the next best option? And he's like, well, next best option is the first best option. And that's freaking work out and eat healthy and, you know, stop drinking 30 beers a night. And that's really where my fitness journey started. 
you know, uh, not so much in all the, the sports and everything that I've been playing, but when it actually became a part of uh, who I am and how I, how I, um, you know, battle the demons that, you know, anybody else might have. Right. So uh, yeah, that's really when that started about 10 years ago when I was about 20. Yeah. And when you started, how do I say this? Did you need to start? I mean, was, were you in poor physical shape? What was your overall health like? Oh, dude, I was, uh, I was 110 kgs. Um, I was, I was a big old guy. And, uh, like, like I said, I mean, I was, I was really, really into the, the drinking scene of, of, uh, American university. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, physically, I mean, I was a mess. Uh, you know, I had man boobs and everything <laughs> stretch marks at, at 20, but mentally, really, I was a lot worse. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was definitely a necessity, uh, you know, if I had gone too much longer, I would have had some real long-term, um, liver, liver problems and, uh, and probably, you know, who else knows really, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, I would say it was definitely a necessity. Yeah, for real. And then in the initial weeks, maybe when you started training, how did it feel? Was it initially pretty brutal on your body or did you adapt well? Uh, you know, I, I would say that would be where the, 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 uh, the uh, sports background came in because I, uh, I knew what was coming and I knew it was going to be really rough. Um, but really, dude, within... I don't know, two or three days, I remember of starting a real dedicated program and writing everything down and knowing that I was going to wake up in the morning and I was going to do this and this and this. Uh, I felt amazing so quickly. Uh, you know, of course, you know, waking up with some back aches and, and whatnot. And, uh, but, uh, you know, when you, when you're especially, sorry if I get a, a little bit personal, but especially when you're horribly depressed, like any kind of, any kind of feeling is awesome. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. it's not all just sad and angry. Right. I mean, it's, it's like just the absence of any kind of, any kind of anything that makes it feel good or bad. So, uh, having some kind of challenge that, uh, that I had imposed upon myself and overcome by myself and feeling those, uh, you know, those aches and pains and everything like that. It felt like it was an ache and pain that, I, that was, uh, it was useful. that was productive, you know? So uh, maybe slightly masochistic, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, overall good, you know. Uh, so starting the fitness journey, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, no, it sounds it. And I do like that, the word masochistic. I can't even pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? Masochistic. I should really know this. Maso, masochistic. Masochistic. So, you know, like. Yeah, I can spell so, it. So, you know, like, I'm sure you've heard of, like, S&M is, is sadism and, and, and masochism. So that's, yeah, you know, know, hurting people yeah, and enjoying exactly being hurt, is, right? Now to pronounce it. Yeah, that's mass. Yeah, yeah, I can, oh, I can write go. it down and I know what it is. I just can't pronounce it. Mass. So it's maybe I've, yeah. Masso kiss. Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> kiss, yeah. <laughs> you got <But> it. <laughs> I like that theory of the pain being good. For example, when you're in a period of depression, which I've, all, I've also faced, that yeah you oh, can't yeah. feel anything oh yeah plenty of times but you can't feel anything at all like it, you feel numb you almost want to you know have some kind of relief and a lot of people turn to self-harm as a result of this pain yet what you're saying is uh, well i believe to be 
that the, the pain is there when you're doing your physical training, but it's good pain. It's a good benefit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I've never gotten into self-harm myself. I mean, uh, but, uh, you know, things like uh, drug and alcohol usage was definitely a, a form of self-destruction, right? Uh, and I was doing a lot of that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. And, and what's really funny is now, you know, sometimes I, I still have some clients and still seeing kind of catching little flashes of that where they're, you know, they're looking forward to getting their ass kicked, uh, cause they're going through some stuff and that's how they're working it out. And, uh, you know, it's kind of weird. Uh, it's kind of weird to see it from the other angle, but, um, you know, doing it in a safe environment and, uh, and with a positive you know, positive goal. I mean, it's, it's great. And I'm not saying, you know, it's like this for everybody. It's just how it works for me. Yeah, for sure. You know, most people don't need that. <laughs> most people don't need to feel like shit. <laughs> we try not to. Okay. I want to go on the record and say that. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. And then in terms of transitioning from working out to then becoming a trainer, was your experience at California Fitness with your uncle your first time becoming a trainer or did you have a background before uh no actually i, I did some um uh, my background in university was uh was education and i was studying a lot of um uh uh kinesiology i was going to be like a um, at one point i was studying to be a um pe teacher uh you know a gym uh gym teacher right um so i had a little bit of background there and while i was doing that i did some interning uh, and I took care of a, a couple of teenage boys and planned their whole thing. And then I did the same thing that most trainers out here do. Is like, you know, I trained my parents and whoever else would let me, let me, uh, let me take care of them. Right. Uh, so, but that was all pro bono. Right. Um, but yeah, the, that was my first official time as a, as a trainer, you know, getting, getting paid real money for it. Yeah. And how did you find the transition from, you know, working out yourself and seeing the benefits in your own body to then helping others on their own mission and their fitness journeys. Freaking amazing, man. Amazing. Um, especially when you, you know, cause you, there, there is a shocking amount of people that, um, are going through the same things that I had been going through. Um, and to, be able to, you know, all, all the training and everything and all the, the science of it and everything. I mean, that's great. It's fascinating. It's really interesting. Uh, uh, but man, what's really, really cool is to see somebody with a problem that they're coming to you and knowing exactly how to fix it. And then um, having somebody be vulnerable enough to put themselves in that state where they trust somebody else to take care of them, um, just like I did before. Uh, so that transition, when I realized that through going through that shit that I went through, um, I can help other people with that. Wow, shit, man. It's enough to, you know, about choke me up now just thinking about it. It's, it's great. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and I, I know this question, it, it might be, I don't know, slightly an obvious one because of the amount of obvious benefits that is here as a result. But <laughs> why do you believe sure. it's important to take care of our physical health based on your own experience? Well, based on my own experience, besides, you know, longevity and, and being around for your family and everything, I think that's like the most overlooked thing, right? Um, and, but there are so many reasons. And, you know, the most common things, uh, what I'd like to say is that something like just 
just wanting to look better. Uh, you'll hear a lot of people, even in the fitness industry, saying, you know, don't put that first. Uh, you know, you got to worry about the intrinsic stuff. Uh, but really, no matter what it is that, uh, that you're going for, why, why, where, why ever you start your fitness journey, uh, whether it's looking good or whatever, um, that's uh, uh, whatever it is, is, is starting just starting the whole thing and then going from there and getting all of the intrinsic benefits from it there. And really the most important thing about, about fitness and reasons to start why uh, reasons to start a fitness journey is, is uh, because it teaches you how to overcome challenges uh, and how to be disciplined. And those things bleed into the rest of your life. Uh, so, you know, benefits, the, the biggest benefit is that, but then of course, you know, you've got, you've got a, what it does to your metabolism, you know, what, what, it, what it does to, uh, what it does to your mental well-being, you know, just through the legit release of, of serotonin and dopamine, you know, and endorphins. Uh, that's, that's massive. That's a, um, that's a huge thing, but really the big thing is, uh, teaches you how to handle your shit. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> so long answer, simple, simple, long answer, simple answer teaches you how to handle your shit. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And also, do you think sometimes, you know, we look at, say, an advert where it's someone with a six pack or someone in great shape and you look and you feel envious and you don't want to start because you think, oh, it'll take me ages to be like them. And instead of doing that, do you think it's important to sometimes just look at the small steps where if you've never run, run before, run for a minute or run for two minutes or, you know, start really small and work your way up gradually over time? Well, you know what's up, Connor. You get it, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think it's important. Um, it's that's that's another thing that's, that's overlooked, right? People are just inherently impatient, right? Um, so they don't want to put themselves to that. And exactly, I couldn't say it any better yourself than what you just did. Um, but the other thing is, uh, you have to have those little goals, and you also have to have those large goals. That six pack, be it you know, if your goal is to have a six pack, that's a that's a legitimate goal. Um, to keep that in mind um, and to uh, uh, that's why you kind of people need a trainer or just a professional, somebody that's been there before, be it a trainer or not, um, to say, okay, that billboard, that's your goal, right? Okay, these are the little steps that you need to take to get to that. So you need to design a whole plan that takes you from where you're at to there. Um, but yeah, the, the billboards and everything is another subject. You know, you know, we can talk about you know uh, people's uh, body image and, and everything like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the little sets are everything. Yeah, for real. And with the you know, you obviously work on the fitness side with your training. Do you also include uh, say diet, nutrition? Do you provide that sort of information for your clients, or are you primarily focused on the fitness? Uh, yeah, of course. And the, uh, the diet nutrition is, uh, is, you know, when it comes to weight loss or weight gain, which is almost everybody, right. In the end, they want to lose weight or gain weight diets, 70 to 80% of that. Um, so it's really, really important, um, you know, for everything, I, I, I'm just not going to give you a Ted talk on nutrition and everything, but, uh, really what the most important part about, I'm going to keep coming back to this when we're talking about training. And the most important thing is holding yourself accountable or holding your clients accountable and creating a relationship with them. And the nutrition is how 
you stay in touch with them throughout the day um, through, okay, what you got, what, what's your plan for breakfast, what's your plan for dinner and things like that. It's a great way to touch base with people uh, and to kind of, you know, sneak your way into, into being uh, into the back of their mind at all times. <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be like an earworm. So yeah, nutrition is, is probably the most challenging part of being a trainer, but it's also the most important part. Yeah. And with fitness, we mentioned earlier, you know, the mental health aspect where perhaps there'd be somebody struggling with depression who would, you know, start their fitness journey. Do you ever find self-sabotage to be a problem where they can start making progress and seeing results, maybe a bit of muscle here or some abs here or better fitness, but then then low self-image, their mindset thinks that they don't deserve that. So they revert back to maybe overeating or self-destructive habits to you know, conquer that subconscious belief. Does that, is that something that you see throughout your journey so far? Every single client, every single one, every single one, whether it's a housewife or, or the CEO of a, of a major company. Yeah. Self-sabotage is there. Um, and, uh, but uh, some people aren't necessarily aware of it, right? Yeah. Most people aren't. Um, the most common thing you see is, uh, uh, the most common thing is I was out to a birthday party and somebody gave me a beer and I drank a beer. Uh, and then at that point I was like, okay, night's already lost. I'm just going to enjoy myself and cut loose tonight. And then, you know, you lose the whole night and it's beer, cake, whatever, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it creates this snowball effect. Uh, so the, the challenge to people who are starting their fitness journey is to be self-aware at all times, because I, I, I can't think of any cases where the self-sabotage is intentional uh, and they're even aware of the self-sabotage. But uh, everybody, everybody, everybody that goes through a fitness journey self-sabotages at some point. It's just a matter of how you respond and your accountability network and the people that you're surrounding yourself with to you. Uh, slap you in the mouth and say cut that shit up <laughs> you know I like that. and do you mind you know expanding a bit more for me on upfit where you're currently at uh, what is upfit and what is your primary role there oh i would love to expand on that uh, so um upfit is essentially a personal training and corporate fitness company uh so we deal in uh we're not a gym we have a gym, but we're not a gym. Yeah, that's the biggest misconception about us. Um, you know, we don't charge membership. Uh, what we do, uh, our mission is, uh, you may have heard in Vietnam that uh, personal training is, is a bit of a four-letter word out here um, because of the sales culture that surrounds it. Mm. Um, and uh, what we focus on is hiring and training the, the best, most passionate and uh, most genuinely kind and caring personal trainers that we can find uh, and the most experienced. And uh, we create a culture that allows them to uh, attain and maintain their clients through a trusting relationship. Uh, and then we do that as, on a corporate scale as well. So uh, um, right now we work with the V&G, Vina Game. Uh, so if you know like Zalo, Zing, 
yeah. uh, and a lot of uh, mobile gaming, right? We, uh, we, we manage their uh, fitness department and we've just created a positive culture within their company. Um, we do, you know, group classes, nutrition workshops and things like that for them. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just a kind of a safe place to come and hang out, and, you know, get some endorphins running. And uh, then uh, my job in Upfit is I'm in charge of um, writing and teaching all of the uh, training curriculums uh, through, you know, the, um, you know, the, the scientific aspect as well as the soft skills, right? Um, yeah. Things like how to sell um, and, uh, and how to do everything kind of the, in a way that holds your client accountable. Okay. And with that, this, this can relate right now to Upfit. Uh, how tricky is it, you know, uh, in these times of coronavirus and Vietnam being in a slightly, slightly unstable position, right? How have you found working for and doing your practice with Upfit during this hectic period? Oh man, it's a total 180. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of funny because out of all of the fitness services in Vietnam, um, our company is positioned probably the best uh, to be flexible and successful here. Um, but because we're so personal and that's our, that's basically, uh, if, you were to, if you were to, you know, put us into one phrase, it would be putting the personal back in personal training. This whole system, uh, the whole lockdown system is inherently impersonal. Um, so the biggest challenge right now is uh, uh, making sure that everybody's maintaining those relationships in lockdown. And, uh, and it's not just, um, it's not just the, the, the discrepancy between uh, Zoom and everything like that. It's people are just generally kind of giving up, uh, self-sabotaging, whether they're aware of it or not, you know, just kind of the, ah, it's lockdown, fuck it, you know. I'm just not going to try. I'm just going to try not to gain five kg. So the biggest challenge for us is 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 maintaining those relationships with those with our people and our clients and um, and keeping them keeping them on the ball. Uh, so that's been the biggest challenge. Yeah, I can imagine. And I suppose you know if you could give an overall summary or an overall pitch on why you should take part in upfit or why you would enjoy it what would you say very simply we are going to gain your trust through professionalism and genuine care and we are going to provide you with the best plan that you can find in vietnam uh, that is personalized to you and then we are going to hold you accountable to make sure that you do it and once you, once you begin your journey with us, we don't leave your side. We stay. Uh, so I'm just going to throw a statistic at you. Um, so the average customer retention rate, or uh, we can say the backlog. So the, the clients who begin their contracts but never finish them. Uh, in most of the gyms in Vietnam, the commercial gyms in Vietnam, it's quite high. It's over 50%. So over 50% of the people lose their contract before they're finished. In our history, we have three people who did not complete their contracts with us. Which is, uh, I, I, even now I say it and it sounds outrageous. That's what it is. 
you know, we stay with you and we make sure that we, we make sure that you, uh, you do what you said you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Three people. That's extraordinary. How many, how long has this been running for? Uh, remind me. Two years, man. Two years. Two years. Damn. Damn, that's impressive. Yeah. And, you know, we've had people that like move away and stuff. Uh, and we we chase them down <laughs> so that they they stay they stay on what what they lost because that's the thing uh, most people with the, when it comes to fitness personal training right you've got something that people want and they know that they need uh, but they're terrified to do it because you know that somebody's going to be making yourself vulnerable right yeah. and you're going to do something that's challenging so people will just want to run away it's part of human nature. Um, the way that most, most, uh, most gyms stay profitable is because people buy the services, uh, and then they don't finish it. So they don't have to pay out, you know, the commission to the trainer. So it, it's really beneficial for the average gym, for somebody to buy a hundred sessions and to use three of them, because then they get, you know, 90, 98.5% profit off of that contract. Uh, for us, that's not the case. Um, we make all of our money through referrals and renewals. So we do anything we can to make sure that you stay, yeah. you know, because we know that if we don't, you're not going to get any results. And then we're a joke if that's the case. Yeah. I like, I like that model. And are there any particular traits you're looking for when someone walks through the door and they want to sign a contract with you or uh, work with you? Are there any particular traits you're looking for to see, are they really going to fulfill their potential? You're talking about you're talking about uh, potential staff or potential clients. Um, I was talking clients, but we can also go staff. Okay. Uh, let's start with clients. <laughs> yeah, start with clients. So um, when it when it comes to clients, the the biggest quality that you're looking for is uh, somebody who's honest with themselves and uh, and willing to be vulnerable. So. Um, we always start, we start our process with a rather long interview, uh, with our clients to understand them because we don't understand them. We can't write them a plan. You know, we don't know how to motivate them and stuff like that. And a lot of people will just kind of bullshit you and, uh, kind of inflate what they're, what they're capable of doing and, you know, figure out when they're, when they're lying. And, uh, uh, those people are a lot more difficult, uh, to be, uh, to be successful. It's not impossible, but uh, yeah, if you've got somebody who's honest and you've got somebody who's okay, you know, not knowing everything and looking a little bit soft, you know that they can be successful. Okay, and in terms of the staff? In terms of the staff, um, actually, <laughs> similar. Of course, you gotta, come, uh, you gotta come with quite a bit of experience to be hired on by us. Um, we're looking for more veteran trainers. So, you know, you don't have that unless you're just, you know, uh, a, a prodigy, uh, which, you know, there are a couple that are just amazing naturally uh, trainers. But we're looking for people um, who are passionate. So what we do, uh, uh, anytime somebody comes to interview with me, um, I always schedule them around a group class and uh, I throw them in on the group class. And first I'm seeing, I throw them in on a tough one. First, I'm seeing, you know, how physically fit and how mentally strong they are. Uh, but second, I'm seeing how they interact with people. Um, and, you know, there's always a couple stragglers in the class. And uh, 
you know, the people who seek those, those people who are, are struggling, seek them out and try to motivate them. They understand that that's what we're looking for. And that's also something that comes naturally to them. So those are the people that I know that I want to hire. And then from there, I, I, I can teach them anything. If they have that heart, you know, that's what I'm looking for. Absolutely. I love that. And the next question comes under the comeback aspect. We have discussed, you know, your your period at college where you were struggling with depression, uh, either college or university, apologies, and going through your fitness career. What would you say has been the most difficult part about the work that you've done in fitness over your career so far? Now, I know that might be tricky, but I'll suppose it. That is pretty tricky. Um, I'm going to say in my career, um, okay, my most, my biggest challenge um, has been to overcome my arrogance. <laughs> I can say that very honestly. Um, so uh, I have a lot of conviction and I really believe in what I do. Um, and I, I have a tendency to uh, judge others who are also trainers and coaches who I find are not holding themselves up to the same standards that I do. Uh, but what I often didn't do, and I'm still learning how to fix now, is to try to understand why people um, might have compromised morals or technique um, and to not be a be an asshole about it um that's very honestly the, the biggest the biggest challenge yeah and working on that, that every day sure with that do you think it's important that even though you've achieved a lot up until now and that you're doing well it's still important to keep learning keep getting new ideas and keep freshening up otherwise you become stagnant yes yes of course Man, in all aspects, uh, the fitness industry is constantly evolving. And, um, you know, a lot of the things that I understood as, as fact five years ago are now totally nonsense um, and have been proven and disproven three times over. So, of course, from the scientific standpoint, you always got to be figuring out new ways. And the human body is so damn complicated. You know, you get a new injury that you really don't understand every other day. Um, I'm lucky enough to work with um, Dr. Wade Brackenberry, who uh, is the uh, founder and owner and lead doctor in uh, American Chiropractic Clinic here. So I get to shadow him a lot and learn a lot from him. Uh, and he's a fantastic, amazing, incredible teacher. So I learn a lot from him. And then I learn a lot from my uncle too. Um, and uh, mostly what I learned from him are really the, the, the more moral side of things and the business side of things. So learning how to manage my arrogance or whatever it is, uh, you know, he's the guy that checks me. Um, so I, at this point right now, it's a lot less scientific growth and a lot more emotional growth, I would say. Uh, you know, when I'm 30, I, shit, I thought I was done growing when I was your age, you know? <laughs> no, but to, to, do what, to do what you've done by 30 is an impressive achievement, man. Hats off to you. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, I, I would say as far as, uh, you know, financial success and everything goes, I'm still very much, uh, you know, got a lot of room to grow, buddy. Uh, but uh, uh, 
I don't know. There's a lot of room to grow in all areas. Uh, I wouldn't say much has been achieved yet. A lot of a lot of people have been helped, though. It's nice. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I like that, you know, it's important to reflect that for all of us, there is still a long way to go and there's always room for improvement. But I also think it's important to sometimes, you know, sit back, look at what you have done and achieve and thought, oh, okay, yeah, I did pretty well. So, you know, a bit of pride, a bit, bit of self-satisfaction, but not too much. Always still keep thinking about the next thing. <laughs> I agree with you, Connor. Uh, yeah, it's really important, man. Uh, that's, that's one thing that I like about this whole kind of self-love movement man uh you know uh what the things that maybe you and i when we were younger were taught uh, of as selfish uh are now kind of uh being recognized as you know kind of natural matters of course you know you got to take care of yourself you got to love yourself you got to be you got to allow yourself to be proud right yeah challenging for it yeah and coming to the end of the conversation caleb the question it almost relates to what we just spoke about. Uh, I always leave it to the guests towards the end. What are your aims for the future? What would you like to achieve going forward? Well, um, the most important thing right now in my life is to uh, is to be a good dad. You got a new kid, year and a half. That's that's uh, that's item number one. Uh, I want to have a I want to have a kind and happy child. Um, but uh, as far as my career path goes, uh, I want Upfit to grow to the point where uh, we're really we're, we're national and and we're helping, you know, the, the goal for the end of uh, well, what had been 2021 was a uh, thousand customers. You know, of course, that slowed down quite a bit. Um, one year plan, a thousand people. Uh, a thousand people helped by Upfit. Um, year two, three thousand. That's the. I'm just thinking of it in those terms. As far as personal growth, who knows? I can give a shit if I'm corporate fitness manager or CEO. As long as, uh, as long as this uh, this baby of ours um, continues to grow and helps people the right way, that's all I see. Excellent. That's great, man. And where can we find out more about what you do online or on social media? Upfit.com.vm is the best place to go. And of course, I implore you all to uh, follow us on, uh, on Facebook, Upfit, U-P-F-I-T. Um, and uh, that's, our, that's our primary source of communication at the time. So we're sharing you know, everything from fitness tips to client success stories to uh, how our coaches themselves are taking care of themselves during lockdown, you know, which I think is really important to see us as human. And of course, uh, my own Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Caleb Lee, CPT, cat, potato, tomato. <laughs> nice. Yep. Yeah, I'll include that in the description. But Caleb, thanks very much. For Thank you very much. I, yeah, I really appreciate it. I think it went really well. And all the best with what you want to achieve in the future. I'm sure you'll crush it. Keep, keep up the good work, man. Hey, thank you so much for letting me talk about myself. I really love what you're doing. And uh, I, I hope to stay in touch with you, Connor. Excellent. Take care, man. All right, take care.